is the hoe. Oh. And yeah. she's waxing hoetic about like hoetic. all of her freebie five lists. Waxing yeah. hoetic. hoetic. I can't amazing. take any credit for this. I can't take any credit yeah. for this. You have to follow um, Dope Queen Phoebes on Instagram. <laughs> I am transformed by this conversation. This is amazing. Give, yeah, me, this is give me some hours to, because I need to update it. I haven't visited my Pinterest freebie five board for a while and I need to update it. Can we put this link in the chat? <laughs> because now I know, now I know what, what, what my recommendation is going to be for the episode. And I need oh. to follow, follow Claire's Pinterest. That's amazing. <laughs> I already have several of those. Um, Idris Elba is probably the headliner, Ooh. the ho liner of my <laughs> Pinterest board. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's been a deep love for I me. have to admit, I haven't done this, and now I'm going to have to. I'm totally going to do it. Out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be the only ho. <laughs> oh, Claire, you no worries. Not. You are not. <laughs> Welcome to that episode was. We are Popsicle. In this episode, we'll be offering opinions and reactions to Stranger Things Season 4, Chapter 3, The Monsters and the Superhero, written by Caitlin Schneiderhan and directed by Sean Levy. we continue this is your final warning there is no possible way to discuss any of this without spoilers and really why are you listening to this if you haven't already watched it but if you haven't go watch it will be uh, that's right. kind of like a better question like what are you <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um all right so here hosting you today for this chapter is me Lisa K. Weber. I am joined as ever by my Popsicle co-hosts and colleagues. First up, Kelly Sue Milano. Milano. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know how that's the first time that's ever happened. <laughs> Claire Thorne, you got ho right in your name spelled out. I do. I know. The uh, I really thought you were going to go the horn. You well, know, I, I was like, it's go. already there. It's already done for me. The horn. Mm -hmm. uh, Claire Thorne. That's my today. husband's name, though. So, you know, what does that say? Uh, a lot, actually. Yeah. That you chose um, the whole life. That's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> you chose the whole life. You weren't born to it, but you chose it. I did. <laughs> right. Next up. Justin Penniston, are you a hoe? Uh, I'm going to remind you what the first five letters of my last name are. <laughs> oh, they spell hoe. <laughs> it's a visual a representation lot of hoe. A of lot hoe. of hoe there. A lot. A ton. There's a ton of hoe. Yeah, exactly. If a hoe were a sculpture, it would be. <laughs> oh, my God. Ton of hoe just became my production company name. Oh, my God. Ton of hoe. Yeah, he rode the hoe all over this great land. Yes. <laughs> Last up, Philip Kelly, son of a preacher man. I am. Right. No. I e ho. I e ho. ho. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the only, I'm the only one that probably could ever please you for sure. Oh my oh god, my. son of a preacher man. I e ho. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, we did it, y'all. We introduced Yay. everybody. We're all hoes, and I'm proud of us. <laughs> We're all just a bunch of hoes here talking about Stranger Things. So let's get to it. Um, I just kind of divided by locale more than anything else. So let's start <laughs> off in Lenora. Um, we're here with Elle in the aftermath of the roller skate smack heard around the world. I'm not saying schmack. Fuck that. Um, no. and, um, yeah, ugh, God, uh, I can't with fucking it's risotto. Anyway. We're smacking. 
<laughs> God, stop. Anyway. <laughs> so um, we've got like the kind of central struggle. It's like right in the title of Monster and the Superhero because Elle is feeling right in the middle between the two. She's also feeling like this more complicated thing with the loss of her powers because it's like, well, at least if I was a monster, I was still like, you know, a powerful one, but now I got nothing. Mm -hmm. So does that mean I'm no one? So she's got that whole thing going on that we can talk about because that's, I feel like some meaty business. Um, Her and Mike seem to like kind of, I don't think they broke up or anything, but definitely had a trouble in paradise yeah yeah there's yeah. definitely trouble in paradise there disconnection um, yeah mm-hmm. and you know meanwhile um the parental figures are off <laughs> in russia that's yeah. very 80s. <laughs> yeah that's very 80s that's like the 80s that's like the 80s level of parenthood right yeah. there I know. Um, okay, it's bye, what, bye yeah, kids. We're like, just gonna disappear for a while. Um, I feel like that's very much. But a, they didn't. They wouldn't even have said bye. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. They just leave. That's just very much <laughs> right. an '80s parenthood vibe, right there. But yeah. I'm not right. even sure Joyce did say goodbye because weren't they like, did mom leave yet? Is she on her plane? You know, like they, no, they have dinner. They have that awkward dinner. Yeah. And then they like, and then she and Murray leave the next morning and are conveniently gone when all <laughs> yeah. the shit goes down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, and then also this entire series of events is bookended by the return of Dr. Owens played by Paul Reiser. Um, so like we can talk about all of that. Oh, phenomenal. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, this is a carryover from his character in season two and even in season two. And it's like, to be honest, it's been a while since I watched season two. So I had to like dive in and read a whole bunch of synopses to like remind myself what exactly happened in season two um but uh (laughs) i will say that i continue to bring my distrust of this character Mm -hmm. over from aliens and the character paul reiser plays in aliens it's like and Mm -hmm. i'm like i know that I mean, do y'all think that was intentional? Oh, that I think they so. cast him intentionally I for us so. to distrust him because of that role? I yeah. feel like it. My that. husband, when he, when he arrives in the, you know, this episode, and we realize that he's going to be helping Eleven, my husband goes, "Do you think he's trying to make up for aliens? <laughs> like he's <laughs> he's just he's just carried him over as the same guy, and is mm-hmm. like, well, it is exactly. so yeah. it would be so shocking if they cast him in a role that." so similar yeah and then like no (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah everything else is so intentional on the show yeah right Mm -hmm. that's for sure yeah yeah that i'm like this can't I love it. But, but yeah. everything you're saying makes me feel like no one here watched Mad About You because he was a very I watched Mad About You. I, I did. highly watched uh, Mad About listen, You. Yeah, I did. But we also... watched Mad About You. But the thing is, his role in Stranger Things isn't similar to his role in Mad sure. About yeah, You. I know. Yeah. Not yeah. Even I, I, I was. I was just. I'm not getting Waylon Industry vibes. You know? <laughs> um, but the other thing is, this conversation makes me wish that when they cast Sean Astin for se- season two. They had had him play someone duplicitous. Ooh. And they had sort of gone against type, like to set you up yeah. to think, oh, that's Sam Gamgee and Mike. Uh, Rudy. What, what's what's his name from the Goonies? Mike. Oh. Seaver? No, uh, that's from no. some sitcom. Yeah, so that's, anyway. from, that's, yeah growing that's from pains. Sitcom. That's Growing Pains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just what I'm about Seavers. to say. Yeah. Um, that's never Cameron you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> I met him once, but I digress. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it would have been interesting if like they cast against type. And thus far, Owens has seemed paternal and protective Up you know, yes. from season two until now so far, you know? Yes, yes, agreed. Um, uh, I will say this is the first episode where I really felt like all our kids were in danger. I was like, oh shit, mm-hmm. the cops have wow. L. Oh shit. Um, we see that Max is having the same fucking dreams as everybody else. It's like, oh shit. Like, mm-hmm. oh shit. Like there were a lot of oh shit moments in this episode uh, where you mm-hmm. feel the everything yeah. starting to ramp up. And uh, yeah. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I was like, how, okay, here we go. The ride's starting. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah for always, sure. This is the this is definitely the ramp up yeah. part. Yeah. Like this episode is the ramp up on the roller coaster. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Stranger Things does this to me every season, though, because it does. And I think I'm learning to appreciate the fact that we get the calm before the storm, and it starts to feel like the calm is just going to go on for too long, and then all of a sudden the switch flips, and you're like, oh, nope, never mind. I'm sorry, no calm, no more calm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Well, it's like we're not here for calm. No, True. We didn't tune in. We're here for home. danger and we're here for trauma. Yes. Bring it on. Yes. And this is sort of the the calmest, or I don't know, this is the most transitional episode of the of the season so far, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but things happen, you know. We oh, are yeah. in the aftermath of the smack. Um, mm-hmm. what you call it? Eleven gets arrested, which is tense, yeah. if not oh, action. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then that was watch. very tense. We close with, you know, the revelation that Max might be under the curse, you know? Yeah. yeah. I should clarify that my, my use of the word calm presumes that you can have kids being sucked up into the air, broken in like 14 gazillion places <laughs> and their eyes sucked into their head. That's that rates is calm. Sure, I've but found, in this show, I found this episode to be very gripping. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, again, we've talked about how a lot of it ends up being the pressure build for what comes in the next episode. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like, this is my favorite experience of horror and horror sci-fi. When you're just like, what is happening (laughs) what is gonna happen Uh (laughs) yeah yeah and they do it so well and i think they've gotten especially good at it in this season with sure because it's not a lot of like jump scare it's not very much like it's like a simmer Mm -hmm. and that's my favorite in fear and also in love (laughs) i i will say this is because when we were building up to the season and Lisa and I in particular were both like 75 minute episodes. What the fuck? You know, we were both not feeling it. Yeah. And this is the only episode that I've watched so far where I was like, that felt a touch too long. I remember like some of the scenes, particularly with Joyce and Murray on the airplane felt mm-hmm. completely unnecessary and yeah. they didn't really reveal character they didn't really advance the story they were just there to let mm-hmm. you know time is a passing mm-hmm. and right. you know that always feels like oh god you're right time is passing i could be doing something else you know and it's like <laughs> like that's that, that's the only time this is the only episode where i felt that way and it didn't happen mm-hmm. a lot i don't want to overstate yeah. it yeah but the, those scenes are pretty short too but yeah they are they they i i, I agree they could have you know furthered something in their their construct uh some sort of character or story elements because there is like um they they follow sort of a cyclical chain of events where they as they come back around from through characters they hit all the characters again they hit all the situations and so you have this sort of like rotating roster of story elements and i think to take um the two of them out for like a few laps it would have felt weird on the other side of that. It would have so, been like watching an episode of 24. Yeah, where you're like, where did they go those last yeah. two laps of our character rotation? Like, what? Mm-hmm. But oh, I, I do- I, five the whole time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. I do feel like, though, they could have amplified those scenes as opposed to just being kind of the 80s jokey moments of levity. You know, like, oh, I'm going to look at my food and be like, ooh, airplane uh, yeah, food. Airline it's like, what? Sucks. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, not exactly. that's not yeah. telling us anything about the characters, but it is, it is it's necessary <laughs> for that story rotation, I think. So we don't, lose track of them and so they're still kind of there and, and present. I mean they had Murray sleep through it all. I know, you know right? What I mean? yeah. Like that <laughs> yeah. that right yeah. there is kind of telling yeah. you that that's yeah. you know like uh, give us like do another pass at that scene, would you? Um <laughs> but uh but no but I mean to the important stuff like this L question of uh monster versus superhero it's um uh we we were talking last episode a lot about the the traumas that we kind of like this whole series is about trauma, right? right. Um those those things that especially as we're coming of age where like uh, I when I was coming of age uh, I like was kind of peer pressured into destroying a friend of mine's pumpkin patch 
Like all the kids, I remember their heads like around me saying, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I guess I'll do this to my best friend. And I went over and I crushed the pumpkins because I, when you have that many voices in your head telling you to do something and as you get, you pull away from that, you're like, shit, was I the horrible person or were these things on the outside of me? When I, am I a good person who just fell into this trap of not wanting to look like I'm you know what I mean? Not wanting to fit in and, or not mm-hmm. wanting to be a part of the group. Uh, so there's something very real about what's happening to Elle. I mean, sure. It's exaggerated. Like, Oh, I just like blew up a bunch of kids with my psychic powers. Uh, that's a much more elevated circumstance, but when you're going through it, it doesn't, it, it like you need this elevated thing to make you recall maybe elements from your own life that connect on an emotional yeah. level. Um, and I so, feel, yeah, I totally feel that Phil because this, Elle's journey, like, I just, I really feel very similarly in regards to, you know, like growing up and, and feeling like I grow, well, not feeling like I grew up in a other indoctrinated space. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I attempted to like figure out how to be with other people and like society in general, I had nothing. I didn't, I didn't know the beats to, to work with. I didn't know how to start a conversation or, or what things to talk about, et cetera. And so there's this feeling of, when I look back on it now, I wonder how damaging I was to other people, because I honestly can't really assess that for myself given, but knowing that I was working from a place where all I had was this like negativity that had been instilled in me at the time. Um, and I, I know I must have, have said horrible things and been horrible to people just by virtue of that. And I kind of feel like that's like Eleven's vibe is this sense of feeling damaging and not really feeling part of either world. Um, yeah. And feeling like, um, like when she gets arrested and the cops are like interrogating her um, and she just kind of like, she just kind of like lets them steamroller. And um, it's really frustrating to watch just as a viewer, but it's like you, it's like when you really like are kind of in her character, it makes a bunch of sense that she feels like she deserves all of this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that also kind of gets to what you and uh, Phil are saying about like, you know, coming from these moments where you questioned like, wait, I thought I was a good person, but then I, I, I found myself engaging in something that wasn't good. So what does that make me? Um, cause I've experienced that as well. And it's like, okay, well maybe I deserve this kind of like bad karma right now. Um, I'm bringing it on myself somehow. Yes. I just went through a similar experience as an adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. It's it just, comes for us all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it sure does. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting, um, it's a fascinating thing to tease apart. Yeah. And they, yeah, this was definitely like the piece of the episode that I was like, Ooh, this is like, Mm -hmm. this is the most for my brain to chew on right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You really have to find the truth in your own heart (laughs) (laughs) to quote Lisa K Weber. It's true. Never forget to look inside your heart. Gotta look in your heart. All right. I remember what? feeling super glad when Eleven got arrested, though, because mm-hmm. because it didn't happen in the previous episode. I had that moment where I was like, "Is there really going to be no consequences for this? Like, there need to be mm-hmm. consequences." Yeah. But it happened in a super '80s way, you know. In a sure, we're going to let these kids go and sort everything out, mm-hmm. and then we'll know where to find them because it's the '80s and yeah. kids aren't, you know, and like it was. And then we're also going to take you, even though your parents aren't. That was fucked up. That was fucked. That was crazy. Like, no. 
Although, you know, but you <laughs> but can I, arrest you can, them. I mean, absolutely. if a kid commits a crime, you don't have to yeah. wait yeah. for their parents right. to get to arrest them. That's just right. the way it is. But, whew. It's fucked up. Yeah, that was gnarly. Yeah. That was also the first moment, I will admit, when they just took her, that I was like, are these really cops? Sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was, the f- I mean, I think they did end up actually being yeah. cops. Yes, they, yes. Yeah, yeah. But they I thought were, to they myself, were actually cops. Hmm, yeah. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> That's what Stranger Things does to you. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, like, because so when they're transporting Eleven afterwards and they're sending her off to j- jail, and once again, transport. Uh, you, <laughs> never, yeah. never, has there ever been a transport scene where just it went the way it was supposed no. to? No, no, never no, gonna yeah, it went without yeah. incident. Never. Shawshank yeah. Redemption, <laughs> maybe. I don't although, know. Although, admittedly, this wasn't a bad. You know, someone just someone else just came and said, flashed their badge and said, "Hey, we're taking over." You know, mm-hmm. which isn't that the the biggest incident ever. You know, no one got eaten. You know, as a result, it was well, yeah. um, <laughs> um, that's how low our bar is. No but, one got uh, yay. But the way they shot that scene, I was sure that the the agent who came and flashed her badge was going to be some actor that I like really knew. Mm. You know, I was expecting yeah. something. I expected oh. a flash of recognition. Her like feet. it kind of they started at her feet. Yeah, yeah, they started at her feet and slowly panned up, and I was like, "Ooh, who's this?" And I was like, oh, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, and no shade on the actress. I was just, you know. No, no, just like no big reveal. No big yeah. reveal. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Let's move on to Hawkins now, um, yeah. where everyone else is. <laughs> <laughs> right um we have nancy finally kind of like joining in with the rest of the investigative team which i was so happy to see i like mm-hmm. like when they yeah. drive up and she's in the middle of talking to these totally inept cops yes and the look on her face when they all get out of the car and she sees them and she's like oh my god we're about was- to solve actual problems <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was wonderful but it was also it was more than that it was also like Oh my God! This person, this friend of mine, this my coworker was just killed. Yeah. And yeah. oh, there are friendly faces. Yeah. You yes. know, and one yeah. face that once, at least once upon a time, was more than friendly. Right. And you know, and is still a positive person in my life. You know. Yeah. Like yeah. that was I. I actually in my notes I said Nancy seeing seeing Stephen the others was a great moment. So it yeah. really was. You know, it was really on point. I, I am, I am, yeah. I, I know last episode I said it takes me a little time to get on board with Nancy's stories sometimes. I'm so much more on board with her earlier on in this season because it's mm-hmm. not just about her relationship with someone else. Yeah. This is like uh, with a boy, I should say. Because I feel like all yeah. of all the previous seasons have been about, oh, what's going on between her and the guy? And I'm like, I yeah. don't care. Just like let her get into the story. And they're letting her really just get into the story this time. And I'm like on board with that 100%. It's not about her relationship. I will say though, the great thing about Stranger Things is it's not like Nancy's carrying the water for girls. Oh yeah. Yeah. We have 11, they added Max, they added Robin, you know? And on that note, the Robin, Nancy, (laughs) you know- Yes, please. Rosephus moments are outstanding. Yes, the please. best. They're so they, great together. They are a great combination because yeah. they're real counterpoints to each other. They're both great characters. You know, it's it was that was a that was fun. And to me, in that moment, those two were the Stranger Things kids because mm-hmm. they were intrepid mm-hmm. and they were figuring things yeah. out. And they were yeah. they were the ones moving the ball down the field. You yeah. know, it's yeah. true. It was to like use a you know, confusing metaphor for Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. <laughs> <laughs> no but it's true like um it was like one of the more kind of like gripping parts of the episode when they finally like figure out where to look for the for any kind of accurate picture mm-hmm. of what happened with victor creel mm-hmm. um so yeah agreed that was some love- good stuff yeah i, I also love- want to say i appreciate steve <laughs> stopping nancy from doing the classic oh i'm just gonna follow a lead by myself and not tell you what Uh it is because it's probably nothing and then i'll disappear and then you'll never know what my lead was and you'll never know how to find me or what i was on to yeah and i was like thank god for steve being like hell no (laughs) (laughs) 
He's I she said, we're not doing that trope today. We're not doing it. Steve well, is stuck that, that was so And the guy is also not going to be the savior. Right. Yeah. And that through that entire thing, it was like, well, no, like you're not going to go with her, yeah. Steve. Yeah. And then Steve yeah. just goes back they to upended dad the trope in a perfect way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Back yeah. to dad, Steve. I yeah. also appreciate the fact that they let Robin have a completely different vibe with Nancy than she mm-hmm. does with the girls than she does with the guys. And that it's not about her being attracted to this person necessarily. It is just she is able to vibe with boys in a different way than she is with girls. And that's such a common thing, I think. Some, yeah. you know, um, and so a I huge, yeah, I appreciated that. I think a huge missing part of characterization in a lot of shows, you know, is exactly what you're talking about because everybody code switches. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. reveals a different part of themselves mm-hmm. depending on who they're with, you mm-hmm. know? And it's it's really like evident when you're looking at say you know black people and white people do you know what i'm saying like that dynamic but people don't really pick up on it so much when it's about gender you know what i mean Mm -hmm. what you like hanging out with the gals versus hanging out with the guys you know Mm -hmm. um and it's you're you're absolutely right it's so important that it's not about you know attractiveness and relationships and hooking up because that that always seems to be the default Mm -hmm. particularly in the 80s stuff that this is all drawn from you know, for the female characters. And that's, yeah. yeah. It's that leftover of like, no, it doesn't matter what a woman is doing, whether she's going to college or having a career. The only reason she's doing fill in the blank is to meet a, the man that, you know, she's going to have pump out babies for. Exactly. Well said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's also important, like, like, I made the point of saying Nancy's not carrying the water for girls because it's okay to have a little bit of that. Sure. And just like in the Robin Nancy scene, there's a little moment when they're talking about Steve in a romantic sense, but it's only a little moment and it's not, you know, it may not technically pass the Bechdel test, but it felt normal and natural in the way people are. And that's- Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And it would also be weird to have something set in the eighties and not have that girl in it at all. Oh yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have like your Molly Ringwald. Exactly. In there. Exactly. Um. <laughs> and can we can we actually continue to give props to Steve for how much of an ally he is to Robin? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, and when yes. when Dustin gets a little too close to that subject, Steve just slacks it off. Know, yeah. He doesn't. He 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 makes sure they go past it without. You know, no, I, just, yeah. I, I had the same really thought. Love that. He think, is a good friend. I think that scene yes. happens in the next episode is the one you're, you're referring No, it to. happens while Max goes in to get the keys from the- Oh, you're right. Yeah, that is this episode. Yeah, yeah that's a yeah. beautiful- I was yeah. going to mention that scene too. It's a beautiful scene. Yeah, Steve is, yeah. Steve is buying for the top spot. Yeah. Yeah, he, is. he does. Oh, huh? yeah. He's about to join uh, yeah. Eddie Mullen. Mullen? No. Munson. Munster, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right, right. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, well, and yeah. think of how much work this show has put into Steve. Yeah, every mm-hmm. season has yeah. been bringing him along a little bit more, a little bit more, and it feels so that you don't feel in this moment with him that like, oh, okay, well, they've just created a new character that's now suddenly okay for everybody. It's like, nope. We, we trust this. He, he earned it character by character. He earned yeah. it, you know. On a so, certain yeah. level, his arc reminds me of Finn from Star Wars in that he starts off, his whole thing is about the girl, about getting the girl and about being around. The, and yeah. it's grown into something more than that. Like he mm-hmm. wants to be a better person still, even though he's not with Nancy, even yeah. though she was the motivating force for why he chose this arc, he stayed on it. And that's pretty yeah. cool, yeah. you know. I think too, and maybe, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but it, it's almost like they've got him to a place where he can be himself. He can still be the kind of, you know, thinking about one thing, like I'm thinking about girls all the time, but he can do it now in a way that is meaning is like, he's a good enough person that you want to be around and still accept him as who he is. 
Well, I'm not feels, explaining that very well. It, well, it's just because you realize that's only a part of him. He's more than that. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's not yeah. his that's defining it. quality. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and he's realizing that now. Like he's expanded so much. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you for letting me work that um, out in my head. Speaking of good character arcs, um, let's finish up our Hawkins talk talking about Lucas. Lucas. Oh. He totally had me go in there for a minute. Like, I mean, like I know, like. He was playing both sides uh -huh. and, um, but in that moment where he was like, no, wait, I know where you can find Eddie. There was a part of me that was like, no. <laughs> and then when they showed up at the, at Hopper's abandoned cabin, I was like, Lucas, you fucking genius. <laughs> fucking love you, man. You, you just, you just described the marital conflict my husband and, and I had in that scene because he started <laughs> cussing at lucas and i'm like dude it's lucas of course he's like how can you do that how can you believe he would do such a thing wow. of course he wouldn't he's gonna he's gonna take him off on a you know red herring hunt you yeah yeah, yeah it was a whole marital thing no but he's such a good spy that he i was a little like oh well you know he's not as close to eddie as he is to his other friends so maybe it's like he thinks he's doing some service to his friends by mm -hmm. like removing Eddie. And so that was the only thing that got me like wondering, but in the end, he was just being awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think his, at least in the first season in particular, like loyalty is kind of his defining trait. Yeah. You know, it's what he's about, not only about being loyal, but expecting loyalty from others, mm -hmm. you know, and that's where his conflicts kind of arise. Um, and so because of what happened in the first episode, you know, that this creation of distance between him and the others, I too was like, maybe this is the way they're going to explore his loyalty issues by making him, putting him in a position where he's actually going to be disloyal, you know? And I, I cause I was concerned and I was, I, all I wanted was please, when this is all over, let him do the right thing. You know what I mean? I don't mind if he skirts the edge of whackness, but don't step over into the, you know, don't step over into it's the edge of whackness. <laughs> yes, that's um, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, up when he connects with the gang again, he really only gets a few, I'm just trying to remember correctly. He only gets a few words from dusty buns about like, okay, well, no, we, we think Eddie's okay. Like that's all he gets from them. So, and let's I, not forget, we haven't seen lucas and eddie share a scene right like we get the sense that they have shared spaces before and shared experiences before but we don't see it so mm -hmm. it's right. like we don't know what his loyalty is to eddie yeah but yeah. i think it says a lot that he's he has gone through so much i mean it would it would kind of be a disservice to the experiences they've had previously for him to not be able to go okay my 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 tried and true warrior buddies, right, are are telling me that they have a gut instinct. I'm going to go with that. And he does. And that just speaks to the cohesiveness of the group, no matter Although, how stretched they get. I think that because the, the only interaction he really has with them in this episode, I mean, there's the brief radio call, but they don't discuss it there. It's not until no. he gets to the school. Mm -hmm. And he says, Eddie's a murderer. And Dustin's like, no, he's not. And that's as far as that conversation really Yeah, goes. but that's what I'm saying is that yeah. that's all he needs is mm -hmm. for, I mean, the trust level within this group has sure. to be so yeah. solid at this point yeah. because of yeah. everything they've gone through that that's all he needed was, okay, well, Dusty says he's not. So I, I'm sure I'll get filled in in a minute, but <laughs> mm -hmm. we'll go yeah. with it. That's and then also, idea. maybe more importantly, because Dusty, Dusty, Dustin says, Dusty um, uh, he says, right after that, he says, we've got bigger problems. Yeah. And, you know, given what they've and been now through. Now we're getting into yeah. episode four. So let's go to break here. Oh, Kelly Sue, did you have something to add? No. Oh, you had your finger up and I wondered. If I was just like. going like no more talking because we're going <laughs> because into we're a, the next episode kelly sue <laughs> is hosting the next episode we'll talk more about that <laughs> next time but this time we're going to go to a quick break and we will be right back with hot takes and other opinions 
<laughs> All right, we'll be right back. If you like this conversation, please subscribe and tune in to our upcoming podcast series, That Gum You Like, an episode-by-episode deep dive into the dark regions of the psyche with David Lynch and Mark Frost, Twin Peaks, beginning in July. Our listen or listen to our complete episodic analysis of Brian Fuller's Hannibal with our recently wrapped podcast series, Murder Husbands, available on all podcast platforms. For more news and updates on all things Popsicle, follow us at Popsicle Pod on all social medias and join our mailing list at popsiclepod.com. That's Popsicle Pod, P-O-P-S-K-L-P-O-D. to jump in to the hot takes these we'll start with mine and then everybody can add in theirs so hot take number one argyle the jar jar binks of season four that's so mean it's so mean that is ice listen listen give me one give me a redeeming feature of this character please all i'm gonna do is say that i don't think there's a redeeming feature for the character i am going to give props to the actor because he is giving 110 percent. yes i don't going, blame i don't blame the, the actor yes he's, he's that i think that he is he is i'm not gonna say anything bad about the actor i very much dislike this character <laughs> he's a he's an 80s stereotype that if like if there's any real oh, strong yeah. 80s stereotypes in this stereotype it's of like what exactly that like, california it's macaulay yes thank you yeah exactly mm-hmm. like that yeah it's just like a total fucking caricature yes it, yeah yes, and it, i yeah, just it is. i can't yeah. i can't is. with this my story. big hope <laughs> is that there's gonna be something redeeming yeah for him I, I don't have a lot of hope at this point, but Jar Jar Binks. Of- <laughs> <laughs> can someone, can someone my, turn the radiator take. on? Because it's just it's, my hot uh, take, you know? Uh-huh. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's chilly yeah. in here. Yeah. Pity. Turn the radiator on, please. Ooh. Oh, I feel like my we're going to cold hot take. I feel like we're um, in Alaska uh, slash Russia gloggy. Totally. Kind of, yeah. Well, I'll is. warm things up a bit because my heart is always warmed by any scene between Steve and Dustin. We talked about it oh. a little bit before break, um, but that scene, just the two of them, is like one of the main reasons to watch this fucking show <laughs> yeah. so great Good. their little their little married couple back and forth yeah that vibe is is wonderful and he's like oh, i went you went too far dude yeah went too far that's yeah. too far yeah <laughs> we're still good we're still good don't worry yeah so good if this truly <laughs> were the 80s then we would i would be down for the spinoff series that is mm-hmm. the dustin and steve show like just totally yes mm-hmm. i'd watch that um uh, Let's go back to Alaska real quick. Or no, to Russia. Let's go Russia. all the yes. way over to Russia. Mother where Russia. Where Hopper is. The entire thing where it was like, okay, I'm going to like bust my ankles so I can get out of these ankle chains. And let's just really like focus in on my busted ankle <laughs> as I like take the chains off. Uh-uh. Fucking gross. And yeah. I was like, I don't need this. I don't need this. <laughs> and how are we supposed to believe he's running around and yeah. doing stuff? Like, yeah. hey, how he isn't completely like that's like misery level hobbling yeah it's a freaking sledgehammer can we assume that maybe his legs are frozen that could be (laughs) a big part of it it. it's the numbness Mm -hmm. he's already numb yeah i don't know Mm -hmm. there's also hopper is desperate yes this is not like this is happening on a camp it's true i was i will say his desperation desperation made me buy his ability to continue walking yeah yeah and they they Uh, in season three they specifically set him up as the john McClane 
of the series by literally pulling dialogue <laughs> from Die Hard in a scene yeah. is like, okay, yeah. Hopper's going the John McClane route. And so far, every scene in this season, I'm like, this is yeah. John McClane level antics. He's, and yeah. I remember you know, really it really is appreciating that. Totally. Yeah. Because they had up until then been like, oh, schlubby cop. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I love that he got that. Yeah. And is well, continuing totally. to get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our yeah. moments. Like in like even in the first season, Hopper like and they do play him as this kind of lazy, unmotivated, drinking and popping pills guy. But as soon as he gets even an ounce of motivation, like you're like, oh yeah, he just busted that guy straight in the chops. Like he just <laughs> like he he just explodes into action. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And and he's a tough guy. I mean, he is a prototypical a, tough guy. He's a big guy. And yeah. man, uh, you know, I will say. Boy, our boy uh, David Harbour has really been spending a lot of quality time in Russian prisons, though, hasn't he? You know, yeah. between this and Black Widow. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And he's got the bod to show for it. <laughs> he does. As Kelly Sue fans herself. Yeah. It's looking very, like, structured. Very mm -hmm. structured. Very structurally sound. Which, yes. you know, I appreciate. I like that. Thanks. Sturdy. Mm -hmm. He works Sturdy, a lot. Exactly. He's got a foundation. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He quote unquote works a lot better for me with a shaved head too. Like it's just then the the scruffy. Yeah. He yeah. I enjoy this new this sort of new thread we have on the podcast where we do the objectifying <laughs> of you. I, yeah. How does it feel? I, I'm going to tell you. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now. As a guy who has often been described as sturdy, I'm here for it. <laughs> There's something for everybody here. All right. There exactly. There's we're, something for all we're, the hosts. We're objectifying, we're objectifying across the board. Across yeah. the board objectification. Yeah, we know no bounds. Yes. Zero. In our hoisy. <laughs> all right. My final hot take. So I'm... Um, watching this episode and you know scores we hear them all the time we don't notice them but in the final mm. kind of like moments with the reveal that max yes. has been cursed yes the yeah. score was fucking yeah. incredible yeah. i was like yes that, yes, that yes. nightmare on elm streetish kind of vibe yeah it, it was, was making beautiful. me feel exactly beautiful. the way they wanted to make yeah. me feel and it's like yeah that worked yeah that was great they totally got me with that final 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 moment too didn't see it oh yeah gave me a chill um, not gonna lie i haven't even seen those movies and it gave me a chill so oh, I, have I can't one... wait to see what it's gonna be like to talk to an adult an adult who's watching those movies for the first time for real that's going to be very interesting. I, yeah. I'm your girl. Yeah. Oh, you've never seen the Nightmare on Elm Street. She's so. never seen I've any seen, of them. I have seen the scene with Johnny Depp. All right. We've got to do a Claire Watches the 80s. We've got to do a Claire oh, Watches the 80s. Run. a series of. Yeah, because yeah, we referred to Claire Goonies again in this, mm -hmm. you know, oh, and you I haven't have seen no, the Goonies either. I have no yeah. Yeah. We have a lot Jesus. of work either. I forget. That doesn't even seem possible. Yeah. Yeah. I always forget that because. Like, Lisa, you've never seen the Goonies? No, no, Claire. Oh, Claire. I, of course I've seen the Goonies. <laughs> well, I, I, that's why I was like, wait, this can't be right. Yeah. Now, here's the weird no, thing, though. I've not, only seen, seen two of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and that's neither was the first one. Oh, really? What? I saw I saw the third one, Dream Warriors. Well, this was worthwhile, yes. and Which was worthwhile. Yeah. And then I saw maybe the, like, anything disappointing. Else? Yeah. But started off so strong was New Nightmare. Wes Craven's I like New I like New Nightmare mm -hmm. enough. It's the okay. first half of that movie is yeah. incredible. It's really cool. The second half is just pedestrian. It's fine. You know? Yeah, it's but not it's, bad. It's it, no, just, no, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, it, but it, it's a solid, it just, it's typical. Yeah, it's kind of a solid run. Out, you know, outing. It was it felt so very, very clever. Very like, clever. I think calling something pedestrian <laughs> is like the most subtle yet savage. Oh yeah, yeah. I like, love it. Oh my god. You know my word. I fucking the word. love throwing out the word pedestrian. If you hear me, if you hear me call something clever, you know I'm saying it has nothing behind it. That it's just tacky. It. You know that's my that's my well, savage. I love this. Not quite a compliment. 
I love it. Nightmare on Elm Street five to be pedantic. (laughs) 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 This this is a beautiful conversation, y'all. I'm loving it. That is one of my favorite words. Yeah. Like expand our vernaculars. Well, it's the fact that we're using it about schlocky 80s horror films. Oh, yeah, I know. It's fucking fantastic. It's wonderful. Right. And this was the most 80s things ever to get back to Stranger Things for a second. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice until my second about. watch through. <laughs> I didn't notice until my second watch through that Dustin is wearing a hat with the words thinking cap on it. Yes. Yeah. I didn't see that. Oh my God. And I was like, I would have totally wanted that hat when I was a kid. Oh my God. I was, to- I was totally wanting that hat. I, I, I would have appreciated the pun. And like, I was just arrogant enough about being, you know, AP, you know, honors student whatever uh, gifted and talented that i would have been like yeah give me a thinking cap so uh, this bring, but this conversation brings up something that we don't really need to get into but it's something to think about mm-hmm. because i would find it very difficult to believe that we will get to the end of the series without one of these kids dying oh mm. i would be very shocked if not one mm. of these kids died this is a horror show. Do you know what I mean? Um, Justin, not Dusty Buns. Don't, I'm just don't. wondering who it'll be. Who you think no. it would be? No, 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 no. I don't <laughs> think it would be one of the original kids. Yeah. I think, I think Eleven the, is on the chopping block. I think Eleven could be on the chopping block. Hmm. I think Dustin would hurt the most. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't, I, think, I can't, I, I don't, don't understand a, I don't understand any narrative where that would makes sense but if i was writing this mm-hmm. i would probably kill off steve <laughs> because that's all Take you that see back. well you see somebody in this great arc you know what i mean and the end point of his arc is heroism okay well listen and the like the the freaking defining quality is being is giving your life for somebody else you know, uh, like not. I don't want to say the defining quality, but that's like the ultimate expression of that. Of that. So, t- I, but I see that's another trope that I'm tired of. Like, why is it like my my final act as a good person is to die? This is like, why I'm, I think I, I'm sick of it. I say no. I think that <laughs> I, I like that trope. I do. <laughs> I don't. I think back to the first episode because I think that there was probably a lot of foreshadowing in the fight with Vecna D&D wise. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm. has, someone is going to end up having a glory moment. Oh yeah. I'm with you. I'm tracking with you, Kelly. They're going to pull mm-hmm. a D20 move IRL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it could be Eddie. I think so too. I'm tracking with you on that one. 100%. I think Eddie, that's my, very much on the that's what board. I, that's what I, because there was foreshadowing when they were doing it originally in the very first season when they were fighting the Demogorgon. And then again, yeah. when they were fighting the Thessal Hydra, there was a little bit of foreshadowing with how all that went down. Yeah. In yep. hindsight. So. Yeah, that, all right. Go so, back and go back and take that. Uh, put first your D&D thinking caps apart. on and yeah. think about who's <laughs> dying. <laughs> and Justin is forcing us to talk about it. <laughs> my my hot take is I just need to not talk to Dust- Justin for like a few minutes here to recover from him <laughs> trying to kill. <laughs> um, all right. That's what I would do. Well, it's it's that wraps up our hot takes anyway. So you can have a few minutes of not talking to Justin as we go around and we ask for the word. <laughs> Philip, that episode was uh, danger. Will Robinson danger. <laughs> Kelly Sue. I gave my word already, but I'll say it again. That episode was gripping. Mm. Justin. This episode was transitional. Mm. Claire, I Justin just say, said that the episode. <laughs> but it's not. You can't exactly. Buy. It's not. So, you know. It was Claire, come, Justin it was said that, that the episode was transitional in case yeah. you didn't hear him. I'm not so talking what to him right now. Say? So, thank you for. <laughs> Um, Justin told me to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) 
the episode was transitional. Wow, I'm really feeling junior high and high school right now. Um, I think that episode was ominous because uh-huh. Max. Uh-huh. Um, I think that episode was infuriating. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like, <laughs> um <laughs> so that wraps up our discussion of the episode but before we go we are going to give a recommendation provided by justin what do you have for the people who liked chapter three of volume four of stranger things i am aiming this recommendation specifically at claire <laughs> but only because she doesn't want me talking to her. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, so I, I was kind of digging around for what to recommend this time. Um, and I don't know if this is the most apropos for season four, episode three of Stranger Things, but this is something that's kind of a deep cut that I think a lot of people would enjoy if they went looking for it. Um, and it is a recent indie comic release called Manticore. Um, it is written by Eric Palicki and uh, the artist by Chris Peterson. And it is a solid piece of, you know, modern mythology um, with fun characters, really, really well executed, uh, a very clean, stylish uh, visuals. Um, I was just completely drawn in. Like when I finished reading this comic, I was desperate for more. Um, I know Eric Palicki a little bit. He is a nice, I've never actually met him, but we we're you know, we're internet friends. Um, and he is a really strong writer, uh, with a grasp on character. Um, and, uh, and coincidentally, it doesn't really matter to the, to, it's not, but he, uh, his older sister is Adrian Palicki, who, uh, played Mockingbird and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, oh, and is now the and is, she's the XO on the yeah Orville, she's right? XO yeah. on Orville that's fucking awesome cool. yeah she's really cool and um and he's he's a really cool guy and this comic is sweet man Manticore uh, I know they did a Kickstarter and that's how I got yeah. it I don't know how easily available it is but it's worth looking for so awesome nice awesome. nice recommendation Justin thank right. you for that. All right, um, time to sign off. So join us next Wednesday as we jump into chapter four of the fourth season. Dear Billy, until then. This has been a Popsicle Podcast production.